Talking Illinois High School Football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome back to View from the West podcast. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong. View from the West, covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state. So, of course, we got to cover the Western Big Six. That's our last preview remaining. Mitch is off this week. He'll be back. But this week, we're bringing in, I'm calling it the score squad. We got Matt Randazzo, Corey Cuffler, and the incomparable, the inconceivable, the... (laughs) <laughs> I don't even know what other words to use. Oh, Inf- I got some. Infamous. I got some. I got some. <laughs> Brian Stocking. Welcome, guys. Before I get ahead of myself, I should say, anybody listening to this, go back in the archives. We have season previews for the Northwest Upstate Illini. Dazzo, did you listen to that one? So you're not informed? Yet. Not yet, but a little bit, but not okay. all of it. All right. So we got that one out there. The Lincoln Trail Conference, just did one listen. trail. Yep, did listen. Not all the trails, just one. <laughs> just all the trails. And we got the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. We did preview eight man along with the NUIC. Stock, have you heard all the episodes so far? Absolutely. Watch listened every moment. Good. Good. Is how does Mitch hold up in his stat and reading off numbers and you know historical references? Does he hold up to your standard? Not bad. He's doing good. I like it's, it's an enjoyable listen. Him and you are a very enjoyable crew to well, listen look at, to. Look at this. I didn't even pay him to say that. And stocking, and I didn't you even know, bribe you either. And, and stocking, Dazzo gets jealous because Mitch brings up your name more than he brings up Dazzo's name, and that makes that makes Make, Dazzo a little jealous. I think makes me angry. Well, uh, there's I can only do so much. <laughs> and Corey Cuffler. Thank you so much for being here as well. You're fresh oh, hey, off yeah, the golf course, slogging through. How is it not soaking wet today? Oh, it was when we started. There was a river of water running down the first fairway that we played, so it was fantastic. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was, it was. You're throwing darts at the pins today, though, so it was pretty fun. But the best part of your golf game today is that you won a door prize and you won a computer, which you're on right now. <laughs> I am. I want a Dell computer, which is pretty stinking cool. So thanks to the I-80 truck stop museum. It was awesome. <laughs> That's Well, I'm just glad that Brian Stocking could figure out Zoom and get on here. So we're lucky that we got that far. <laughs> Took me 20 minutes. <laughs> well, I'm glad you're here. You were the first one waiting to get into the room. Real quick, how about the fact that we've had a pandemic and we went through it for how many years and stockpiles just now figuring out zoom <laughs> everybody else has lived on zoom for like two years now stock is now welcome to zoom stock we it's called google meets with the district <laughs> okay there you go there you go that's all right stocking that's the last time you're allowed to reference state another state because we're <laughs> this is an illinois high school podcast so i teach in iowa what can i say i know i know i know your employer but I, I'm, I'm saying here's here's the podcast we're doing it's illinois so you got to stay focused here well where all right so stock before we get going i you're the you're the guru of the numbers you're the stat stats guy or staff guy staff guy staff guy but i think it was actually stats guy and you just didn't understand what they were saying so anyway you are the stats guy Give me the best Western Big Six stat you got to kick us off here. Geneseo and United Township have played 
to my according to my record 16 times. The last time UT beat Geneseo was back-to-back -back in 1930 and 1931. That was the last back-to-back, -back, but UT, if, with a win this year, could uh, win their first back-to-back -back since 1930-31. Okay, Dazzle's already got hand on forehead. He's already frustrated. <laughs> because they don't play that often. They just started playing again recently. In they, took they, like started... 50, they took like 50 years off, probably. <laughs> they took 70, but... <laughs> They stopped playing in 31, picked up in 2002. As the administrator, can you mute him? <laughs> I, I believe I can. Yes. Uh, Dazzo, don't let facts get in the way of a good story or a good stat in this case for <laughs> yes, that is, one that bride is, is stacking. That, is that gold or fool's gold? That, gold. It's, de it's debatable. Yes. Dan Pearson will listen to this and he will text us the verdict. So Dan, as you're listening to this, just text us all gold or fool's gold and we'll move on from there. That's very true. He can let us. He is the ultimate judge of uh, the fool's gold. He, he, he's heard way too many of them over the years. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you to those guys from WQAD for the score for being here. They have a half hour show every Friday night during football season into the playoffs. The previews have already started. Go to their website, WQAD.com. Check them out. You guys do great work, and I'd like to say the photography is amazing because I'm one of the guys who shoots for you. So, I mean, I can plug <laughs> myself there too, right? Absolutely. And the, and the stats are amazing, stocking. The grill Thank is you. amazing. All right. The, Matt Randazzo and Corey I Kupfer are amazing. Because, well, I just said, no, I just, because I grilled most. thing is with the grill is like, we it was like by, by committee because I'd start and then I'd forget <laughs> Greg would or Corey would like nudge me during a highlight and be like give me the give me the give me the tongs so I can turn stuff over so <laughs> luckily we didn't burn anything down this year I believe we're going to start guest grillers so there'll be a different guest griller each week that'll join us to kind of man the grill and maybe add a little bit more to a already busy busy show so it should be a lot of fun well guest grillers and I don't want to leave out tell us about the newest acquisition for WQAD she was there in the for basketball season two, but this will be her first football season. So give us the you know the rundown on the newest edition, who may be still sitting in the room. Yeah, Camille's over to my right. I told her to be quiet. So, <laughs> which I don't, that sounded so mean. I didn't mean like I said to keep it down because we were doing the podcast. But she's doing a fantastic job. She was with us for the score basketball edition, but she's um, learning and getting ready to experience the whole half hour thing and and what we kind of do. She said to me the other day, "So y'all grill and do the show at the same time?" I'm like, "Yes, it's going to be great. Trust me, we, it'll be a lot of fun." So she will be um, kind of baptism under fire. She'll kind of just get thrown right into it, but. But um, like I told our new anchor, John, here at WQID and Jay-Z, James Zahir was telling him the same thing. It, it gets wild. It gets crazy. It gets hectic. I get loud. But for some reason, we love doing it each and every year. And, and you know from being here every year doing it and also your past experiences of doing it, it's like a, it's like an addiction. It's like something where yeah. no one should want to work 14-hour days and run around crazy all day. But it's the funnest 10 days. Might be the, that John Deere Classic. You can flip a coin probably my favorite 10 days of the entire year when it comes to my job and what we get to do. And I, I think Cuff could, uh, could agree with that as well. Oh, absolutely. It's one of those things that you look forward to once football season starts, you look forward to Fridays and long days don't matter. They're a lot of fun. And 
At least we get a little food at the end too, which is great. And, and at the beginning, because we pick out some really good buffets. Yeah, that, that's for, true too. That for lunch, true. so you got you got you got to sandwich food at the beginning and at the end to a whole bunch of high school football and doing the instant podcasts, the instant reacts podcast here on the view from the west is they were a ton of fun. Hopefully. They weren't too weird because by that point, we're just like, you know, like the days kind of have grinded on us a little bit, you know, stacking's kind of annoying us a little more like towards <laughs> the end of the day. So sometimes we probably argue a little too much, but we do all like each other. We, we love, we love stockpile too. So can't wait to do all that stuff again this fall. Yes. The instant reacts will be back on Friday nights. That's kind of the show after the show where we all get back and kind of decompress and yeah, things get a little punchy. It gets a little wild, but that's <laughs> yeah. kind of the, that's kind of the beauty of it. So, uh, and I don't know this, this episode may be the same way because you can never really corral stocking. So we'll see how it goes, but let's jump in. We've, we've talked long enough here without giving any previews. So let's jump right in. We're going to start with United Township 2021. They went four and five, but what's interesting when you look at their record, Four and five finish. They played Galesburg and Sterling in weeks eight and week nine. Really tough. They needed one more win for that fifth win to make them playoff eligible. And they fell short in both of those games, but they were right in it. They played really tough. Obviously, the year before in the pandemic season in the spring, they finished four and two. That was the story of the spring. That UT was on the map. And Nick Welch had this team playing with confidence. They were fired up. I think... Last year was a product of some younger kids and trying to figure out what works and kind of getting kids in places to succeed. I think this 2022 season is the, where the experience will really show up. Really intrigued with United Township this year. Um, you kind of mentioned it, a young team last year. I got a chance to talk to Nick Welch a few days ago, just exchange some text messages. So absolutely he talked about last year, they got beat up front a few times. And and more often than he would have liked, but that group has really dedicated themselves to really working hard this offseason. With experience comes success, especially up front in football. And I think you'll see that a lot this year. And he's just like Nick Welch is a very energetic, fun head coach to be around. And he believes in his guys. You know, um, a, a good analogy or maybe uh, a good comparison is in, in college basketball. Fran McCaffrey loves his guys. And if you're his guy. He's got your back and, and vice versa. And that's what it is kind of with Nick Welch. He, he loves his guys. He's there to battle for him. And he believes they can be really good. We're going to hear a lot about Matthew Kelly, um, a quarterback that started last year as just a sophomore, very talented young man. If he can stay healthy, I think a big reason why he didn't stay healthy last year is that experience up front. So hopefully they can protect him better. They can be really good. He's excited about some defense and some linebackers. And one guy that I want to hit on is somebody he talked to me about via text message is maybe their most – talented junior and a really talented junior class is a young man that we haven't even seen on the field yet at any level. Um, during the spring um, season of 2021, he suffered his ACL tear. Um, Grayson Anderson is his name. So he missed that spring. He missed the fall, the quick turnaround. So obviously you're not going to be able to recover that quickly. He's back this year, tight end um, linebacker, really athletic, really likes what he can see from him. So um, yeah, I'm just on board with, with, with coach Welch and what he's done with that program. Um, I know stockpile will talk about it a little bit, but they haven't been at the playoffs since 2000, 2001. Yeah. So it's been a long time. 
obviously they would have made the playoffs in the spring of 2021 if that would have happened. Obviously, they didn't have the season and stuff. So um, great dude. Congratulations to Nick Welch, by the way. He got married. Um, people talk about um, out kicking your coverage. He's totally out kicking his coverage um, now with his new wife, Riley. Um, so this is the analysis we're here for. Yeah, exactly. So congr- <laughs> congratulations to you guys have all been told you out kicked your coverage. So and 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 you you agree. So um, that's the same way with with Coach Welch. So excited to see what United Township does. And he's a really good mic'd up Greg. And he's a really good talk back. Oh like, yeah. If you're going to do a talk back with him when we do our live interviews on the score after the games, which you can only see on WQAD. Um, see how I toss that in there. Um, yeah. He I budget more time <laughs> because he's, <laughs> he, he's an energetic guy who likes to, to talk and all that kind of stuff. So um, very intrigued to see what United Township can do this year. I would love to see them make the playoffs. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, as I when I talked to Welch, you said, you know, like Matt said, a lot of experience coming back, which is key. They were a young group last year after that 2020, yeah, 2021 group, I guess it was, uh, that spring year uh, when they lost a ton of seniors. But they have a lot of uh, key experience coming back and some good good guys coming back. He mentioned uh, Kelly at quarterback, but he's got a couple of receivers, which should be able to help him. Uh, which then may also open up the run game a little bit more for United Township. So I, I can see them being not just a one-dimensional team, uh, the, especially when they were, had that 2020 year, 2021 year. Um, they had a great running back who just ran over everybody, and that's all they needed. Last year, they were a little bit more diverse. I think they're going to take that next step and be a little bit more diverse this year. Uh, defensively, he talked about they're better than they were last year, again, because it's maturity thing. These guys have matured a little bit. They're going to be good. Uh, five linebackers, and he says they can all get after it, which is going to be key for them because in the Western Big Six, you know you're going to run up against some really good running backs and some good schemes from some of the other teams. So having some key linebackers will be key for them. So I look for them to maybe be that team that maybe not be picked to win the conference, but could have a say in who does win the conference because of some of the players that they have coming back this year. If you look at ET last year, they were four and three week eight against Galesburg. Um, they were down to the third string quarterback due to uh, one doing due to a litany of things. They were down to their third string quarterback, then lost week nine to Sterling missed the playoffs. I think UT's got a very good chance of making the playoffs this year. They start with two road games, which is unusual for a Western Big 16. Both of their games are on the road at LP at Loyola Academy, even though the IHSA doesn't have it on their list. UT has it on theirs that they're at Loyola Academy. The stocking, LP stocking so so critical of everybody. I'm not, I'm not critical. I'm just explaining. the <laughs> The game against LP is going to be interesting <laughs> because LP's quarterback is a kid a kid named Bryce Brudeau, whose dad is the offensive coordinator for LP. So that so it's not just hey we're playing a kid that a team that's got a sophomore quarterback. The sophomore quarterback's been doing a lot of work with his dad as the offensive coordinator. So. And first games are always very tough. But I think if UT can get through that, get through Loyal Academy, they'll be 2-0. I think UT's got a very good chance of making the playoffs. And I think they will pull the upset and upset Moline in week six at Browning Field. Man, Stock, you are not wow. wasting There's any haymakers. time here. Just comes out throwing haymakers. Take that, Mike. Take that, Mike Morrissey. Huh? Or, or as Nick Welch calls him, the, the school down the street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. True. So we'll look through some of the names we've already referenced. Matthew Kelly at quarterback. Uh, Matthew Swag Kelly 
as he's called. We saw it in a newspaper article last year, and I think we've seen it in a few different texts. I think that's the, uh, you know, swag, Kelly. We'll go with that. I like it. Uh, Corey Randall, I think, could be an X factor for this United Township team. He ran as a kind of wildcat quarterback a year ago in two-point conversion attempts. I don't know how much they'll need him this year in two-point conversion attempts. I think they'll, they may have a kicker that they can get extra points out of. Last year, they utilized him a lot. But, man, if I'm Nick Welch and I have that type of athlete, and he's a former quarterback, you know, and now being a head coach of a football team like this, I, I really want to see him utilize that wildcat type of scheme and utilize Randall's athleticism. I, I'm just a sucker for that. I love it. To get creative and see what you can do. But he'll also be an impact player on defense as well. Uh, Coach Welch talked about, you know, utilizing his speed and athleticism that he may end up being the guy who covers top wide receivers on defense. You know, like he's going to be the guy they rely on to kind of keep things in check. So we'll see, you know, what he can do and the impact he can make on the field. Um, Johnny Manzo, I believe, will be a running back. Is that the name we've heard? Yes. Yes. So that's, yeah, there, Oscar Perez at wide receiver, Aiden Struble at wide receiver, Grayson Anderson, which we already referenced, uh, some offensive linemen, Dante Jackson, Jake Bandawili, Aaron Clifford. On the defensive side of the ball, Manzo uh, will be a linebacker as well, and uh, Damian Wright at safety, uh, Damian Wells at safety. So they they, like we've talked about, they have a lot returning. And Cuff, you kind of teased it a little bit when we start talking about our dark horse teams that we think will finish better than they did last year and maybe somewhere in the mix. I think this United Township team has that potential. So we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Real quick, you mentioned kickers. Can I just throw a plug out there? There's no reason that any soccer coach should not let a kid kick on Friday nights. There's got to be somebody. Every team should have a kicker. You've got soccer teams at all the big six schools. There should always be a kicker. Just my plug for kickers. It, I, I would agree with that just in general, that it seems like a Western big six school should have enough kids in the school that somebody can kick a football, right? Like Absolutely. with soccer teams there, like, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Most but you know, Western big six schools do have a lot of students. Most of them do. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Hey, oh, most of the moment is down right now, but we'll talk about them in a little bit. All right. <laughs> well, there was a kicker from Rocky that went to Illinois and kicked in the road. Jason Bowl. Rita. Jason yeah. Rita. Absolutely. There you go. Well, let's move along to Galesburg. Last year, 2021, they finished four and five. They went 0 and 3 to start the season. But you look back, and those three games were all winnable games that either had a lead at halftime or they were right in the game. First-year head coach Derek Blackwell last year kind of put a lot of that responsibility on himself in those first three games, saying that, you know, maybe we didn't do, you know, we didn't make the right adjustments or we didn't have kids in the right spots. It was interesting. I remember reading an article from uh, the Galesburg Register. Matt Wheaton out there covers, you know, he's their beat reporter, does a great job. I think that, you know, Coach Blackwell, as a first-year head coach, kind of put that on himself a little bit. So what I'm really interested in seeing is, you know, like any first-year head coach, there's that learning curve. So what can you do in year two? You know, now you bounce back. I think for Galesburg, though, the story is they lose a lot of talent from last year's team. Last year was a team that I think really had pegged for high hopes, and they did finish strong down the stretch. They fell a little bit short of the playoffs, probably their ultimate goal, but they did play better near the end of the season. I think, like you said, Greg, they're – 
I want to see what coach Blackwell does in year two. Um, he, you talk about players and teams improving from week one to week two. It's the same for coaches. I mean, you get into coaching, you don't realize the extra things you have to do, the paperwork, the, uh, in school, out of school, homework, grades, all the things, the little things you have to deal with as a coach, sometimes you don't realize it. And as a first year coach, it can be overwhelming. Um, I hope to see that he can handle that better. Most coaches do handle that better. Um, I, I think that they're a team that if they can get over the players they lost, I mean, the, the Dre Egyptiak, the Egyptiaco brothers, yep. who have been there for 17 years. It <laughs> seemed like. um, and they're just down at Monmouth, I think, right? Yeah, they went to Monmouth. Yeah. So two good players that you lose. Who steps in? Who fills those roles? Um, Aiton, I think, was it Connor Aiton? I think it was Grant. There was Grant, Grant and Connor. They were brothers, yeah. Right. Uh, no longer there. Quarterbacks yep. no longer there. So looking to fill in places. So uh, curious to see what they do. Can they take that next step? Um, and I know, I think they, didn't you see some uh, all silver helmets or something too on the UniWatch part? They do. I saw Galesburg tweet it, or um, again, the Galesburg Register had a photo about their spring practices and they had silver helmets. And sure enough, they do have a new look, which I, I haven't seen yet, but I'm very excited. So anyway, Anybody from Galesburg listening, if you, you know, get a look at it, you want to send a sneak preview over to view from the West, you just go ahead and tweet at us. We'd love to see it. I think if you're going to lose 17 seniors, which is a huge, you know, yeah. it, that's a large amount of impact players. I think the good news for them is that Tristan Legate steps in at quarterback. He played a lot of quarterback the last couple of years when Aiton was injured. Right. And you also have Cameron Aguirre who played running back and put up some big numbers for him last year as well. So you have impact players in the right positions. And along with that, Nolan Carl was a guy we talked about a little bit last year. And Mikey Eicher, who was a wide receiver, his brother, Josh, Josh huge yeah. the fastest <laughs> human being I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they have some, they have some pieces, but they certainly yeah. have some things to, to fill in too. You know, you don't want to, the, the, the main thing, for this podcast was like, I don't want to talk as much about last year as we are. Cause we're previewing forward, but when it comes to Galesburg and you mentioned the three early season losses, didn't they lose to rock Island in like overtime and a crazy game later in the year stockpile saying yes. So that makes me feel better. So like, it was just games like that. And they had, they had pointed towards that season. So I know that doesn't mean that the program's over and they're not going to be good this year and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes your best years are maybe when you least expect it. So, but I know there was frustration with that great group of kids. I got to know the gypsy Aqua twins a little bit, went down there for like a career day or thing that they were doing a luncheon and it was their ton just great great kids so they do lose athleticism and talent they also lose great leadership so it'll be interesting to see how that's replaced um did get to spend some time with Derek blackwell last year we did our score on the roads for our midday show and we went down to galesburg great guy great passion for the program all that kind of stuff um a guy who's been there forever so um love the fit there and and it's just it's a very um there's a lot of questions coming into the season on how good they can be and, and where does the talent come from? That's the beauty of high school football is there's that next guy at mentality. Just, just the next class in has just as much talent. So yes, some familiar faces, some familiar names we do know about, and we'll see if they can, if they have the talent to be in close games, getting over the hump and winning close games is something that was a bugaboo for them last year. Hopefully they can get over the hump and do it again this year. Leggett, when he played in 2020, had a very good spring that year and was a, was a revelation. So if he can 
replicate that this season, that's going to be good for Galesburg. For Galesburg, the big stretch is going to be week six, seven, and eight. Week six, they're at Rock Island. Week seven, they're at home against Moline. Week eight, they're at UT. Those three games could very well tell the tale for Galesburg season, but they come in with a lot of momentum. They're one of the hottest teams in the Western Big Six ending last season. They've got a chance to be good if they can replace those uh, that big number of seniors. Blackwell could have a very good team on his hands. I need to know more players that are revelations because that's that's just fun. That's just great. If you're, I mean, if you're a revelation, you're certainly I, doing I something wish, right. I wish that like, and can people watch this podcast? Or is it just, we we may we may post the video on tw- we post little clips on Twitter. So if you can see like the amount of times Greg's like gives a face, it's usually to something that Stockpile says. <laughs> so and there's two. We're at two right now. We're only through two schools. So we'll see. <laughs> Stock. It's because I have so much love for you. And I have heard, I have heard your stories for so many years that I just, I know what's coming. But revelation makes it sound like that they'd been terrible all these years. And there was finally like a revelation and a better quarterback. (laughs) And that's not true. To me, it makes it seem like he came from like a shining light at the 50 yard (laughs) line. Like it was, you know, like get was a freshman that year. He was not scheduled to start. Then uh, there was an injury. He comes in and starts uh, putting 200-yard games together. Sounds like a pleasant surprise. So, well, revelation, pleasant surprise are the same thing. Gotcha. Okay. I prefer stockings wording and my imagery to go with it. So we'll- <laughs> I do too. I actually want to see that happen at that awesome field down there. That's, They've done yes. a great job with that, with that stadium and the field and all that kind of stuff and the field house right there. Um, uh, great stuff down in Galesburg. For real. One of my favorite places to go watch a game because there's just energy and buzz in that place. When Galesburg is playing well, That that's a fun place to go watch a game. Geneseo last year finished three and six, but again, Another team that you look at and think, man, they were this close to being a playoff contender. They lost a last-second game to United Township early in the season. They went on the road and lost to Quincy by one last year. And I think going on the road to Quincy, we always kind of talk about that game. Like, that's just a that's just an anomaly game. It's a tough one to figure out. And Quincy wasn't bad last year, and they're going to be good this year. So that's not like a bad loss to go to Quincy and lose. Yes, we'll get to them in a minute. They have a yeah. lot of talent returning as well, and I think they, you know, they had talent on the field last year. So head coach Larry Johnson said he hopes that with some experience, they can maybe improve on closing out those games. So I think that's something to look for in Geneseo, is that, again, they were a young team, can they learn like United Township? Can they learn from, you know, last year and kind of win those close games? And it's it's fun because, like I said, United Township is that way. Quincy is also that same way. A lot of experience coming back. So we're, what do we see in, in Geneseo? It's weird that we haven't seen a Geneseo playoff team in a few years. That's That's jarring. That seemed unheard of three years ago. And now here we are. So... Yeah, Geneseo, what, had 55 straight years or something like that, and now they've missed it three years in a row. So, like you said, that is a little shocking. Uh, offensively, they got A.J. Weller coming back, quarterback, so that's great for them. They have an all-conference honorable mention guy and wide receiver and Jaden Weinzerl coming back. So there's there's a little connection there between I, I butchered two. I butchered Jordan's name a lot last year, so I want to apologize it's, to him. It's, it's Jaden, so you butchered it again. Jeez. <laughs> well, if I'm, I am nothing but consistent, you know? <laughs> Mid-season form. 
Um, but but just do, apologies, of course. They do have a lot of guys coming back with varsity experience, which is great because like, they were a young squad last year. Um, talking to Larry, he said one area that they'd like to see improve is the run game, which is shocking to hear that yeah. from Geneseo because Geneseo, the green machine, is known for the run. But the past couple of years, they have kind of opened it up a little bit. They're not full throwing it and spreading, you know, five spread wide and, and throwing the ball, but they have thrown it quite a bit more in the past couple of years. Um, and I think that diversity is good for them, especially, especially playing in class four a uh, where you're going to see some of those teams come playoff time. If they get there that do spread it out, do open things up. So they, they got a lot of returners and a lot of key players coming back. The one kid I want to mention, this one hurts them. It's Nash Clements. Uh, defensive back, a current senior, he won't play. He loses his uh, senior year due to injury. So uh, heart, hearts out to him and prayers up to him because uh, that, that's got to be tough to lose your senior year because of injury. Yeah, no, it's like Corey said, it wasn't in, in a couple teams last year. It's like they all kind of hurt each other from making the playoffs because one would win a close game from this one, but lose a close game to this one in, in conference play. And that shows how good conference was. And that that week three game, was it? Was it the uh, against United Township? Yes. What yes. was a heck of a a heck of a, a football game? I think we did a a talk back with Nick Welch after they won that football game and all that kind of stuff. So, um, really good football games the Western Big Six, and it is there were young teams last year. I think that's kind of a trend you've seen so far when you talk about United Township. You talk about Geneseo. Can which young team can can emerge? And we we don't want to talk about the flying under the radar teams until the end. But this is another good candidate, a team that has plenty of experience, and 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 Geneseo has done done a good job of, of adapting a little bit. They they do they do mix up a lot. I mean, AJ Well is a really good quarterback and um, they throw the ball way more than they ever used to out in Geneseo. So they do a good job with that. Geneseo for me is always about running the football and defense. It had been for so many years. And obviously the running the football thing kind of changed a little bit. Obviously they want to get better at it, but the mix is a good thing to have. It'll be interesting to see what they can do on defense this year. See if they can have one of those really good Geneseo defenses and, 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 you know, offense is fun and gets a lot of highlights, but defense wins championships. So we'll see how good that defense can be with some of the names they do have coming back. Some of the healthier players they have coming back. Uh, Connor Helke comes back after missing all of 2021. So it'll be interesting to see how they can kind of come together this year. And it's, and I haven't looked at the schedule. I know stacking has, and he's getting ready to talk. And uh, I know the first two games are very winnable games. It's that Western big six stretch where can you go, you know, four and three in the Western big six and get to a six and three, uh, six and three season. And, or, you know, however, can, can you win a Western big six championship? A lot of really good games in the Western big six, and we'll see how Geneseo stacks up against some of the best. Yeah. You look at AJ Weller last year, five touchdown passes, which I believe this is the school record against sandwich in week two. And you know, the UT game was a one possession game, the Quincy game, they did some, uh, I think they went and got a two point conversion early and it, it was one of those wild, you know, you know, who got, who has the, who has the points last sort of game. They only lost by that game by a point. Um, but the thing though, for Geneseo is while they do have a good quarterback and they do have a couple of skilled guys come out, they've got to get that line. The trenches on both sides of the ball has some restoration work that they have to do with it because uh, the final game of last year against Moline, Moline outgained them like three forty to 90 something on the ground. Rocky put up 48 points. I mean, the reason they were able to stay close to Moline was I think they forced like four turnovers, but the line has got, they've got to get some restoration on both sides of the ball for their line. 
Jesse Lester was one in six in the Western Big Six, and I don't think anyone would have ever thought that ever saw that coming. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I think that Geneseo team last year was playing guys at the varsity level that maybe weren't quite there yet, but it was just a matter of that's the need in that position. So we need you to step up and do it. And, and certainly Geneseo being one of the smaller teams in the Western big six, that, that becomes a challenge. And I think Larry Johnson referenced that he's hoping that experience now leads to this year. The moment shouldn't be too big for them. You know, they've, they've been there. They've been in those games. They've seen it. So, you know, now it's about taking that next step. And I think certainly we're looking at it. Everybody in Geneseo is looking at it like they're hungry to get back to what Geneseo football, what we think it should be, what everybody kind of looks at. And and I will say there's there's a lot of great towns, but that's one of the top ones where you go to on a Friday night. It's just, you can, I know it's cliche that the whole town shuts down and they go, but that's what it is. Beautiful stadium place looks great new turf you just get there you can hear the grill going you can smell the grill going you you walk in there it's friday night lights and what everything is good with 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 high school football usually is in galesburg and usually along with it comes a lot of wins in geneseo geneseo they say galesburg <laughs> yes you did Genes- uh, in geneseo you're off to a good. great hey, start this Galesburg's season. good too right <laughs> all right don't worry and about just, it just to add on to that real quick larry johnson do you guys know how many years he's been there total not just as a head coach this whole 30 some? 24 years. Wow. Yeah. So this is his 24th year in Geneseo as a coach, head coach or assistant coach. It's his 17th as an as a head coach at Geneseo. And so. that's that we we like all the coaches oh, in the Western Big Six. Absolutely. He's a, he's he's such a good person. That he's a really good football coach, obviously, but he's such a good person and somebody that we've gotten to know really well as well. So yeah, we'll see what happens out in Geneseo this year, but it's it's gonna be intriguing, Greg, to see. I can't wait to do the under the radar thing at the end because um there's good candidates uh throughout the conference. I completely Geneseo is winning. There's I mean, that place is unbelievable, especially when they're on a hot streak. That place is and, and when they're but when they're losing, they're there too. Yeah. Like I'll, oh, yeah. I'll say that. Like it's such a great fans. loyal fan base that it's I mean, it's it's great either way. But that's gosh, I love going out there and it's it's what's right about high school football. Well, before we move along, I do want to mention we talked about their offense in Weller and uh Weinzerl. On defense, Will Taylor, Jack Schneider, Tim Stoll will be impact players, and also Connor Helke. He sat out last year because of an injury from the spring season. And I think he was a name we had heard a little bit in the spring before he got hurt. So I think that's one to look for as well. So those are some names to watch for. But yeah, we'll get back to Geneseo. I think they'll be in the conversation when we talk our dark horse uh, candidates in a little bit. Let's move into the Quincy Blue Devils. They're a team sitting at four and five last year. And they're a lot like Geneseo. I mean, they're... They're almost in the exact same position as Geneseo and United Township. They had a lot of talent that was young last year, now looking to make that next step. I got to give a shout out to Matt Shuckman from Muddy River Sports. He's the editor down there. He hooked me up with this information, so I really appreciate it. He does great work. Check out MuddyRiverSports.com. They, they do really good stuff. All things Quincy, they own it. They're, they're doing great stuff. But he talked about, the Blue Devils return a lot of their skill players and wide receiver Gregory Quince. I know he was a name we all talked about a lot last year. First team All-Western Big Six as a return specialist. Special, second team All-Western Big Six on offense 
and defense. So does a little bit of everything for them. Aiden Byquist was the starting quarterback last year, but he's an athlete that can play wide receiver or running back. So it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Last year as a junior, he led the Western Big Six in total offense, 190.4 yards per game. So that's a dynamic weapon that they have coming back. Not to mention, stocking, you already called it out. A coach's son at quarterback is always something to watch for. They have Braden Little, the son of Quincy's head coach, Rick Little, is a sophomore. He may step in at starting quarterback. He played a little bit of quarterback last year, but this year you may see him doing it more often as as he gets older. So, I mean, I haven't even mentioned their defense yet. Uh, Junior lineman, Chris Flotches. F-L-A-C-H-S. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one, but I'm I'm trying. Uh, good thing. Sure, that sounds good. Flocks. <laughs> he he's gonna anchor either way. What however you pronounce his name, he's gonna anchor the offensive line. They also have senior linebacker Ty Douglas. He was honorable mentioned all Western Big Six last year. He's someone that's really on the rise and has that potential to be that difference maker as a linebacker. So I mean, I just kind of laid it all out. I Quincy's another one of those teams that, man, they're a dark horse candidate for sure. Last year in the final game against Rock Island, Byquist had a very good game and kept Quincy in the game. And one of the receivers that he uh, hooked up with, with was Jack Metalmeyer. And both of those guys are coming back. And the good thing is, is if Little does struggle, they don't have to go very far to put Byquist in to maybe be like a – you know, back in the day, the Don Strock, a Don Strock type, where they, you know, where they have a guy who's the starter, then they bring in the guy that's the closer, essentially, at quarterback, and Byquist could do that. So, if anyone, if anyone at all, anyone understood that reference, please send us a message <laughs> or a tweet at View From West Pod. I am dying to know if anybody got that. Because, Stock, I follow you so I, – I get it. I'm right there with you. But that one went way over my head. I got nothing here. Back in the 80s, the Dolphins had David Woodley as the no, starting quarterback. No, don't explain it. He was replaced – they usually with third or fourth quarter, Brian Don Strzok, who was, quote, the closer, who would come back and bring the Dolphins back or, or close the game for them, sort of like a relief pitcher in uh, baseball. I literally had no idea the Dolphins ever had another quarterback besides Dan Marino in the 80s. I had no yeah, idea. That was, be- that was before right? Marino. It, it could have been Strzok- Dan Marino was there in like 83. So it could Yeah. yeah. And Strzok was the closer for Marino in 83 also. All right. Mo- moving on <laughs> with Quincy. Thanks, Stock. Uh, something interesting is you know it's always hard to make that trip down to Quincy because you got the bus ride, you got that – lag of getting yourself moving and getting ready to play and just being on that bus for three hours or if you're sterling probably four hours they host moline galesburg i'm sorry they host united township sterling and rock island this year so they only have three home games in the big six they go to moline galesburg geneseo and allman this year are their road games so They've got four on the road, so that home field advantage may not obviously won't be as big, but they got to win those games that they do have at home because those are going to be some really big games in the Big Six this year. Um, and for them, just like with any team in the Big Six, uh, and again, I'm, I'm just reading some of the things that Matt Shuckman gave us, line play. If you're going to run the ball, if you're going to do the things that's, that Quincy wants to do, they're a speed team. 
you've got to have that line play. Well, that's what stood out to me too, was you start naming all the skill positions that they got and the, you know, a dynamic linebacker that they got. And that becomes the question is what can you do up front? Cause I think some teams we're going to talk about down the road here have that line play or they should have some powerful force up front. So I think that does become the question. And if you have a sophomore quarterback playing, the more time you can give him, the more comfortable he will get. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let's keep moving to one of the teams that I think may have that powerful line. Cuff, let's talk about your Moline Maroons. Well, first of all, let's not call them my Moline Maroons. <laughs> we are Moline. I know We're I from went Moline. there. All right. But, <laughs> all right, yeah, they're my Moline Maroons. Who am I kidding? Right? <laughs> um, hey, they lose a lot of players from last year, first of all. Uh, first and foremost, Matthew Bailey. Uh, kind of did a lot of everything for them, especially he was the go-to guy offensively. Um, he was a wide receiver, but he did – come off the edge and run the ball a little bit from that wide receiver position, played safety for them on defense and was a big part in what they did last year. I still think if he doesn't go down in that Willowbrook game, they probably win that game and advance onto the third round of the playoffs. They lose a quarterback in Alec Ponder. Those two guys right there, that's a lot of your offense. Uh, Gavin Grace graduated a running back. They lose a lot up front as well. Then you talk to Mike Morris and he goes, it's okay. We have a lot coming back. He expects the line to be even better than last year. And they got a ton of skill guys coming back. I don't want to name them all, but he's really excited. A lot of times you talk to coaches and they kind of like, well, maybe week two or three, we might find our groove and we might be pretty good by then. Some of the coaches I've already talked to are like, yeah, we might be pretty good from week one. And he's one that is pretty high on his team right now. Moline doesn't rebuild. They just reload. And when you look at last year, they had almost 3,000 yards of rushing, 424 points. They were a dynamic offense and defense. They were just as good. They had 17 quarters where they didn't allow even a point. They didn't allow a 100-yard rusher until the, until the playoffs. Moline is a program that doesn't rebuild. They reload, and they're one of the top teams in the Western Big Six. Yeah, I got to chat with Mike Morrissey last week. We got together to do an interview about the Western Big Six Coaches Banquet, which I'll quickly plug is coming up on August 17th. So it's at the Botanical Center in Rock Island. It's a lot of fun. These guys are really hardworking coaches, but they're really good dudes. And they, for the most part, have good personalities besides Coach Hammer. No, I'm kidding. Man. You have a good personality. Um, so it's a lot. I am see it and I like to have fun with them. And they like to have fun with me and my ears. But it's kind of like lazy. Like if you're going to make fun of me about my ears, you're just not really trying. It's kind of low hanging fruit, but do I need to start texting like things they can make fun of you for then? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Just okay. do, some, right. do some work is all I ask. Yeah. But um, so go to that. It's at the botanical center. It's a great tradition. That's not, you know, uh, not a lot of other conferences do. So get down to that. But anyways, I was talking to Mike Morrissey about that kind of doing a quick interview to plug the banquet. And at first, like Cuff said, he was just, you know, a lot of coaches are like, you know, we might be okay, but you could tell, I mean, he's fired up about every team, but there's a lot of excitement on how good this team could be. He mentioned the guys up front. I want to say he said there was four, three-year guys up front 
on the offensive line. Like they return a lot offensively up front. Um, I know Grant Sibley will now move to that quarterback role. Will he be able to throw it like Alec Ponder? Alec Ponder was a really good quarterback, especially throwing the football. So probably not as good throwing the football, but just knows how to do everything, knows how to run that offense and and run it at a high level. Um, so he's the quarterback. His quote to me was pound for pound, the toughest kid our program in our program the last four years. So that's saying something. They've had some really tough young men in that program, the toughest kid pound for pound in the last four years. That's saying something. And 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 Stockpile, I think, brought up a good point, which you'll never hear me say again, <laughs> that that defense was so overlooked last year. Um, they just didn't allow points. So what they did to Rock Island during the regular season was was crazy. What they did to a lot of teams during the regular season was crazy. So nine and two, and as Cuff mentioned, boy, they're probably – an injury from their best player, arguably their best player away from making it to the state quarterfinals. So that's nothing to, you know, that, that's a really good season. I know they can build on that. They got a, young, a lot of young talent coming up that they're really excited about. So yeah, Moline is nine and two was nine and two last year. They were your conference champions last year. And to be the best, you got to beat the best. They come in as the team favored, got to be favored to win the conference. We've talked a lot about, you know, what we think they'll do. Well, the players, directly that should have an impact. Uh, Riley Fuller, we've already mentioned. Grant Sibley, we've already mentioned. Mason Woods, Christian Rea are some names that Coach Morrissey sent to me. The offensive and defensive lines, which he's talked a lot about and promoted. Carver Banker, Nate Parker, Caleb Singleton, Mark Runkle, and Gennaro Cepeda. So, you know, give some love for the linemen because they don't always get the name recognition on the podcast here. So we'll if he's calling them out, we'll call them out too. We expect big things from them because they've had the track record. Like Stocking said, they've reloaded the last several years and they have the track record to be a very good football team in the Western Big Six and beyond in the playoffs. That's the thing that you really, you hit the nail on the head the last sentence. It's not about, for Molina, it feels like it's not about making the playoffs anymore. And it's not about just winning a game. Now that that bar has continued to get higher and higher, now it's about winning playoff games and getting to a quarterfinal, getting to a semifinal, all that kind of stuff. So it'll be interesting to see how far they can go. But we talked about some of these teams, and obviously because of their record last year, can they make the playoffs for Moline? It's, it's not about making the playoffs. It's about how good they can do in the playoffs. And, and that's a tough task in 7A, but we'll see what they can do this year. But, um, yeah, it should be a really fun football season and really good team up at, up at uh, Browning Field. Yep. Well, let's head down the road a little ways to the Allman Pioneers. So we switch from Cuffler's alma mater to Matt Randazzo's whoa, alma mater. Whoa, 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 whoa. They're not my, okay. Yeah, they are. <laughs> Don't act. You got to claim them. Through thick and thin. They're my alma mater. And um, yeah, absolutely. I'm an what's, guy. What's the fight song? Cause Cuff sings the Moline one. So what's. So I, 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 I sang the Moline one. Now Cuff's got to sing the Alma one. <laughs> Hail to Hail the to pioneers. pioneers. Okay. That's all I know. There you go. You got it. <laughs> there we go. Um, well, well done, boys. Well, obviously, 0-9 record a year ago. Tough year for the Pioneers. But let's pivot quickly to the positive. Offensive and defensive linemen, the force for the Western Big Six and for the Allman Pioneers. Charles Jagasa getting the commit, going to Notre Dame. He has his senior year ahead of him here. What a great story for, you know, an Allman program that needed a little bit of positive PR, you know, like this is such a good story for what seems like a great kid who's really just put in the work to, you know, to try to do anything he can to help this program. And he's doing well for himself too. That's obviously a kid to watch. I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of huddle video of linemen 
But man, I watched his tape because I wanted to see what it looked like. And it's it's fun to watch because he is a force. And he was last year. I expect him to be every bit of that this year. Yeah, Charles Jugasaw, 6'6". Six, six. I talked to him today, 6'6", six, six, 315. That's a big boy. And he was bigger last year. He says he's kind of trimmed down and in better shape football-wise than he was last year. So um, one of the – arguably the best player in the state of Illinois, one of the best in the Midwest and and, and a five-star recruit going to Notre Dame. Um, yeah, as an Alleman guy, everyone knew when Fritz Diodone came in last year as the first-year head coach, it was a program in turmoil and transition, and that's been putting it nicely. Uh, the, the, the school had a lot of problems last year, and everybody knows it. Um, it's a new regime. The, 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 the people that were the problems are now gone, which is a great thing. They were horrible for the school gloves off. It was not a good situation. Thankfully that has changed. There's a new administration in there. There's a new um, athletic department. Things are heading in the right direction. Morale wise. It's so much better than it was before, but the damage was done. And in a sport like football, you don't recover in a year. You just simply can't, you don't do that. You need that kind of, um, um, building throughout the years. So are they going to turn around and win six, seven, eight games this year? Probably not, but was over there today talking to the players. And first and foremost, Fritz is a great dude and a really good guy to lead this rebuild. Um, there's more numbers. Are there a lot more numbers? Not a ton of more numbers, but there's more numbers, which is a good thing. They came into the season last year with three guys that had varsity experience at any level three players. There were guys that came out that hadn't played football since, since eighth grade simply so that they had a team. Now, those guys got some experience. They're a lot better. You can tell they're a lot better. I went to a lot of Allman games last year and yes, they had two touchdowns all year. They went 0-9. You couldn't tell. Statistically, they were getting better. But if you went to the games, you could see they were getting better. Obviously, playing one of the toughest schedules in the entire state wasn't doing them any favors. So, with all that being said, a lot of great... um uh, uh, momentum at Alleman right now. A lot of, uh, do they realize that it's going to be a building process? Absolutely. They're going to be good up front. You talked about Charles Jugasaw, one of the best players in the state. Um, uh, Jason Bowker is another offensive lineman. That's really good. They started a true freshman at center last year um, that now has good experience. He's going to be a really good football player. So up front, they're going to be very, very good. Um, it, it depends on if they can get somebody to throw the football a little bit better. They're going to start Daniel Vandahiti at quarterback, um, grew two inches, looks a lot better, all that kind of stuff. So there's some pieces in place for them to improve and to get better. It's just going to be a process. If you're expecting the Alleman teams of, of yesteryear to win, you know, seven, eight games and go to the playoffs and go to the semifinals and all that kind of stuff. Probably not going to happen this year, but it's heading back in the right direction, which is nice to see. And I think everyone around the conference, all the coaches will agree with that, that it's having a, a viable element high school is, is better than, than not having one for the conference as a whole. So they switched out assumption. They have Chicago Academy week one very winnable game for Alleman. That would be great for them to get off on the right foot and, and play some more. And the last thing I'll talk to you about Alleman is that last year they didn't have a JV schedule. They put all those kids on varsity to have one varsity team. I talked to um, Fritz today. No decision's been officially made, but they're going to do everything they can to have two teams this year simply for the future of the program. Because those freshmen and sophomore that played up last year, they just weren't ready to do that. And they weren't getting meaningful, good reps at a level that they should be at. So no decision to be made, but he really, really wants to have freshmen and sophomore playing against freshmen and sophomore for the future for two, three years down the road. So they're not getting 
getting their butts kicked each year. I mean, we talked about Moline and 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 Rock Island and Sterling, and we'll talk about Sterling and Rock Island, but all of these teams and the their their experience and the guys they have and stuff. Alvin was running out there, true freshmen and true freshmen, like you can redshirt freshmen and sophomores, <laughs> juniors and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, so that's my Alvin kind of speech a little bit when it comes to the pioneers, got to go over there and talk to him today. Um, it, it's going to be a process, but things are heading back in the right direction. And no, I didn't pull any punches. The, the, the regime that left good riddance and it's good to have Alvin heading back in the right direction. If you look the offensive line for Alvin, we'll have a couple of backs there that they could open the door for. And those two running backs are uh, Adrian, uh, I'm sorry, Andrew Torres and Lincoln Dorsey. Both gentlemen, both of those guys are going to be uh, their running backs. I think if Allman can get off on the right foot against Chicago Academy, we do not know what these Chicago public school teams are. A lot of them. Yes, you know, we you, do. They're not. <laughs> Chicago Academy doesn't That's strike true. me. No, as Chicago Mount Carmel. It's, all right. It's a it's a very winnable game. It's a very winnable game. It's on a Saturday. I think if the Pioneers can get off on a good foot, you know, they'll they'll still struggle in the Western Big Six, but I think you could see that they'll play some games a lot closer than last year. I think that they've got a chance to maybe pull an upset or two. You know, Quincy Notre Dame went is two went two and zero last year against the Western Big Six. They beat Quincy and then they beat Allman last year. Maybe they can pull an upset there. Maybe, you know, if they come 2-0 and into the Western Big Six, that would be the story of the year. Yeah, that would be a great start for them. Cuff, what do you got? Yeah, real quick, just want to uh, give a shout-out to Charles Jugasaw because, one, yes, he is the best player in the Western Big Six, regardless position. I mean, you're, going, you're a five-star recruit. You're the best player in the Western Big Six. But kudos to him for staying there because I know there were yeah. people that really wanted to try to draw him away from Allman and try to say, hey, come to our program. Why would you play for a program that's not going to win? But kudos to him because he's like, I don't care. I'm with my friends. I want to be here. I want to play here. I've had other adults ask me around, like, why would he Why would he pick Notre Dame? Why would he not go to Alabama or this other LSU or the SEC? Or Good for him to go where he wants to go, man, because he's good enough to play wherever he wanted to go. He picked where he wanted to go. He stayed at all. I mean, he stuck it out. And now he's going to get the fruits of his labor. And maybe he's that guy that can also help turn this program around. Like, Hey, Charles stuck it out. Charles played here because he wanted to. So I want you to play here as well. So congratulations to Charles. Let me piggyback on that cuff because I talked to Charles today. He talked about, I'm like, once you know, Notre Dame, he's like, it, it was up until the very end. And he had his final teams simply on coaching staffs and who the who he felt most comfortable with. And that's the same thing with Alleman. He felt most comfortable staying at Alleman. I asked him, why didn't you leave? Like off the record. And he's like, because this is, you know, my family went here. This is where I wanted to be and all of that kind of stuff. So really refreshing and really cool to see that when it comes to to him and what he's going to do in the future. And um, yeah, like you, you they take him to to Jordan, to Seton, to the, the feeder schools and and if is he going to affect a program in which they're going to go from zero and nine to nine and zero? No, but going to schools, man, not what what program has a Charles Jugasa that you can get to your feeder schools and say, hey, here's this dude who's going to play at a, at a at Notre Dame next year and be on national TV every single week. So that's the process. I mean, it really is that slow of a process in which it comes to to building a program back up. It's those sixth, seventh, eighth graders that that need to go to Alleman feeder school wise that, that, that they lost in years past and stuff. So great points by cuff is Charles Jagas. This is going to be a side tangent. I hope not too long is Charles Jagasa 
the highest profile recruit in the Illinois Quad Cities ever. I mean, I I, I, I hate a, to like think somebody's going to correct us because there's somebody bigger that I'm forgetting. But well, in recent years, it's a, Logan Lee went to Iowa from Orion. Sure. But in recent years, that Notre Dame is a that's a pretty big. And, and you look at the offers and where and where yes. he's ranked at and stuff like that. I mean, not too many, not many too many people had the LSU. All that kind of, I mean, hey, Logan Lee is one of my favorite people in the entire world. But, absolutely. And he had a great, and he was, but I think. But I, he was highly recruited too. But I mean, absolutely. that's what I'm saying. But yeah, but Jagasaw seemed to set it at a, a little bar, even a little higher than that, which I don't remember seeing in I recent years a, anyway. I called him a once in a generation talent. And somebody corrected me and said, I can't remember who. Everybody <laughs> corrects me. It's probably somebody here. And they said, uh, no, he's a once in a lifetime talent. Like that. that's how good he is. So you're right because somebody will ta- will get at us and who cares i'm used to it but <laughs> i i think i think he's the highest re- ranked and recruited kid that i've ever covered football wise cuff yeah i would agree that and you got to remember back way back if you want to go back uh maybe ron hallstrom maybe yeah. alonzo uh, wise brad, brad hopkins yeah but even alonzo wise looking... wisconsin wisconsin and iowa which isn't bad schools don't get me wrong no, but yeah and, it but, wasn't but i'm saying lineman wise even uh, you know, Hallstrom or even Brad Hopkins, who both played in the NFL and yeah. from the big six, but they didn't have the stars back then. They didn't, they didn't say, oh, he's, he's a five-star recruit. He's a four-star recruit. They didn't have that back then. So yes, I would say Charles is by far the biggest five-star recruit or the biggest recruit that we've had. Cause I don't even think Lo- Logan Lee, as much as he was recruited, wasn't a five-star recruit. I think he was only yeah. three and a half, maybe four star. Yeah. So, and it's different yeah. with all the publications. Like I think, but, yeah. The only one I could think of, is Alonzo Wise and and that was 20 plus years ago and I, and I don't think I don't think I know he didn't have the stars like that like they do now but I, I think there's probably the biggest I can remember but Charles outranks them all yeah yeah and I think for the uh, Alonzo Wise I'm not like you know a hundred percent remembering his exact story but I feel like he ended up in a great spot and ended up going and making a name for himself but he was I don't think he was quite as well publicized in high school in the recruiting you know craziness no, which not... it, that's amplified over the years too so it's hard to judge era to era but yeah I, anyway it, it's a it's a fun topic to discuss very fun topic absolutely no you're right well speaking of rock island let's pivot to the rock island rocks 2021 they finished six and three in the regular season for rock island fans and maybe for ben hammer specifically I'll just simply say they lost a tough game at home in the first round of the playoffs. Now, <laughs> now no, you're not. No, don't need to let them off the hook. They gave now, up like 185 points or whatever. I will. I will say that Ben Hammer did tell me that he thinks an area they need to improve is defense and tackling, physicality and tackling. So there we go. I agree with them 100. percent Yes. <laughs> and I think they will be all joking yeah. and giggling and all that. Okay. Kind of all jokes aside, I will See, say. I have to put up because Hammer will be hammering my, or, well, all of you guys. He's not going to be happy. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. But they, yeah. they, well, they will get better defensively. Go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say, on the positive side, they would tur- they return Quintarian Brooks. He had over 300 yards and six touchdowns in that game alone. In that game I mean, against he was Springfield. All, he was awesome. Yeah, Greg, you know, and all you guys, you guys know Stock doesn't because he doesn't leave the office, but (laughs) going to a game, I was there for like a quarter and a half 
like not even a whole two quarters. And I had seven touchdowns. Like that's, that's gold in our business and to be able to come into a stadium and, and, and to leave and to have that many points and all that kind of stuff. And it was, it was punch, counter, punch, punch, counter, punch, a really fun high school football game. Obviously the final score wasn't fun for rock Island, but um, yeah. And Quintarian Brooks was, that's the sad part about it maybe because more people will like kind of focus on like the host of the show that led off with the, the, how many points they gave up first instead of the fact that they had a really good running back. But um, yeah, that was a more people will look at that than what Quintarian Brooks did. He was, he was special that day. Yeah. I think the defense does have to improve for rock Island to take that next step. You look at last year, rock Island gave up 56 points or more three times last year. They gave up 63 to Moline which was tied for the most in a Western Big Six game. They gave 94 to Springfield, even though they scored 72 in that game. Their defense has got to improve for them to take that next step. Plus, they've got to replace a lot of skill players. they got uh, Eli Reese, at quarterback. Um, Kai Ross, their uh, su- superstar tight end. Rios. Uh, Marianne- Rios. Hi, Rios. Hi, Rios. Rios. I'm sorry. Uh, Marianne Anderson, they also have to replace. So they've got to replace their a lot of skilled players, but their defense – has to improve. I was just going to say, yeah, you look at this team and it's very similar to Moline's when we, we, we know the people they lost and the names they lost, but, and talking to coach hammer, they're going to be good up front. And that's kind of with Moline, they're going to be good up front. And, and, and we don't as media, as podcasts and stuff really give enough love to those offensive linemen, but they're going to go as far as that offensive line and those running backs can take them. You know, Quintarian Brooks is back. Um, Darius Town goes back as well. Um, they do have some talent at running back. Joe Allen is back. So they have a lot of running backs and, and a really good offensive line. And you can win a lot of football games, especially at the high school level, doing just that. Now they have not named a starter. I don't know if, I don't even know if Coach Hammer said he knows. So that's probably an open competition still right now. But um, there's there's two kids that are vying for the, for the starting quarterback job at Rock Island, they're going to wait until the opener. There's, you know, Coach Hammer said, you know, um, we're not going to give our hand or, or tip our hand at all. The two young men, Javian Clark Pugh and Connor DiUlio, are kind of competing for that quarterback position. But um, so we'll see what they can do when it comes to throwing the football. But that's where their bread's going to be better this year. They have to run the football, and they have really good running backs and really good offensive linemen. And as much as a hard time as I give Coach Hammer for just life in general because he's fun to, to mess <laughs> around with, a really good football coach. And he'll have those guys playing their hardest each and every Friday night. And so six and three record is what I think gets lost in the mix because you talked about you know negative stocking over there, talked about how many points they gave up <laughs> and woe is me. They gave up over – over whatever, 56 points, three times, they lost three games, you know, in the regular season. Yeah. They lost the, the, the playoff game, but they won six games. That's a, that's a really good season, especially in the Western big six. And they beat some really good football teams. Obviously there's some games they want to have back, but um, not a bad season last year for rock Island. And it could be a very good season for them again this year too. Well, let's talk about, you know, you talk about the linemen yeah, being important. Well, uh, Jace Bennett, John rower were a couple guys that uh, Ben hammer pointed out for us. Linebackers important to that defense that we've talked about. Isaiah Samuelson, Stephen Marquez on the defensive line, Alex D, uh, Naylor Gay, and also Fiston Nayogusima as I'm a quarterback. Glad, I'm glad I you think said that one. I got it. I think I got <laughs> I it think right. You got I it. Um, let me add to that real quick. He also gave me uh, at left, he four of their five offensive linemen are back. They only have yeah. one newcomer on the offensive line. So Edmund Garcia. Jace Bennett, John Robert at center, and then Alex D 
return on the offensive line. So yeah, if if because I mean I think you did it earlier with one of the teams. Uh, if we're gonna if they're gonna give us the names, let's mention those big linemen, man. Yeah. Those guys, they the grunt work. And you look at it, guys. They talk. I mean, the defense is going to be mentioned, but it, it yeah, it needs to get better tackling, physicality wise, all that kind of stuff. They were in a lot of shootouts because that's what Rock Island liked to do. They like to get up and down the field too. They scored a lot of points last year too. Um, the best help for this defense is going to be a running game. Now, obviously it's a quick running game. If Quintarian Brooks goes 80 yards in a, <laughs> for a touchdown, but the best defense, the best help sometimes for a defense that's been struggling is controlling the football, running the clock, playing, playing a really good, strong running game. And, and that's what rock Island should have this year. That's only going to help a defense. And he mentioned a lot of guys on this defense. They've heard the stupid jokes that people say. I mean, I'm going to have them at the banquet, Ben, so get ready for them. But um, <laughs> they've heard the jokes all postseason or all offseason about it. That's not – it doesn't sit well with them. You know what I mean? They're competitors and all that kind of stuff. This defense will be better this year. There's no doubt in my mind it, it will be. Also, one, of the, you like- one of the guys that I want to talk a little bit about is, you know, I, I think it's that same kind of X factor as we talked about with, like, Corey Randall from United Township. Darius Tongo is a guy that, you know, was kind of listed as just an athlete. That's just Ben Hammer listed him as just an athlete. That's kind of one of those X factors. He really impressed me last year. And I think with maybe a little bit of an expanded role this year, I think he could be a guy that could make a lot of noise. Ben Hammer, when I asked him about him, he mentioned him as a defensive back or safety somewhere in the backfield on the defensive side. So another guy, again, athlete, playmaker, somebody on that defensive side that can be a shutdown kind of guy for uh, other teams, wide receivers. Moline travels to Rocky in week four. That could be the game of the year in the conference. Rocky, they open at Pekin. Last year, Pekin walked into Rocky and beat him 21-0. I think Rocky's got revenge on their minds. And Ben Hammer's teams are very good on the road. The last eight games, Hammer's Rocks are 6-2 and two on the road. So look out, Pekin. Rocky's going to be coming for. They're, look they're at want Mr. Positivity out there in Port Byron, Illinois. I know the the I'm positive stock. We love it. Here's I'm the thing with positive. Coach Hammer. Coach Hammer will like use anything we say against us to motivate his kids. Well, yeah, and the cuffs laughing. I'm not joking. Like he will, he will take anything we said here. And he'll just like edit it up and show these kids. He's a very good uh, motivator when it comes to that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that you behaved yourself, uh, Stock. After you gave him a tongue lashing early about losing, giving up so many points and all that kind of stuff. My folder's still going to be at the top of the list when it comes to uh, getting them j- uh, jazzed up because of the defense last year. But I will say they are a very good road team. They're six and two in their last eight, and they're going to want to give Pekin some payback. Well, hey, if it get if it gets them fired up. That means they're listening. So at view from the West podcast, find it on any podcast stream that you like. <laughs> That's the plug. If they're, if they're, plug. And, if and they're the, angry, they're listening. So it's and, fine. And if you really want to see how ugly they are, that they're bashing you, the score every Friday night <laughs> at 1035. And we even put stockpile on. So <laughs> That's right. he's shaking his head. Yes. <laughs> All right. One more team to run down in the Western big six, the Sterling golden warriors. 2021 record seven and two regular season lost in the first round of the playoffs head coach, John Schlemmer. He was actually the first head coach to respond on my view from the West preseason coaches form. So kudos to him. Shout out. Thank you coach for being on top of it. 
Also, his message was pretty simple for what they need to do in 2022. Two words, stay healthy. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and I think you guys are like best friends, right? Is that why he responded first? They're kind of twins. <laughs> they kind of look I mean, Yeah. Like I mean, go figure. When you were talking about John Schlemmer, I thought that was him talking there for a second, Greg. And, so. and, and we all know nobody likes two guys that look so much alike. <laughs> <laughs> no one likes that. Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> No, but when I talk, when I uh, reach, when I uh, reach out to Coach Schlemmer, he's like, uh, "All right, I'll give it my best shot." And then he gave me like five paragraphs about how good his team's going to be this year. So <laughs> I think he's pretty excited. But, but as you mentioned, Greg, the first thing was stay healthy. Um, they do lose Jason Farnham, a big lineman for them. Um, so that's a, a, a place that they need to fill. And as I read down his information, he kind of buried it at the end. He should have put it right up there with Farnham. They got a transfer in this year that is going to be really good, and he's really excited about him. Uh, Kendrick Muhammad is going to be a defensive tackle, offensive lineman, and they're really excited about him. So he's a guy that's probably going to step in and fill that role for Farnham. But they do have uh, Antonio Tablante is back. He was one of the he was, I believe, the top rusher in the Western Big yes. Six. Um, yes. So they have him back. They do have Kale Ryan back, uh, but from what I understand. We'll be splitting time at quarterback this year. They have a new guy. And if you watched the Sterling basketball team this past year, his name is John Paul Schilling, a really good basketball player. He is out to play football for the first time ever. And he's going to be one of their quarterbacks. So kind of crazy to, to, to hear a first timer ever playing quarterback. They had some underclassmen playing quarterback last year, kind of out of necessity. So I think they may have a little depth there and maybe some of those guys are going to pivot to other positions, but Sterling the last, what, three or four years has run kind of a two quarterback system and they do it pretty effectively. Yeah. They, they, they manage to get their athletes in space and manage to, you know, use the, the playbook effectively when, you know, a certain guy is in. So that's interesting to watch. They're going to continue that route. Yeah, last year they were down to like their third or fourth string quarterback when they got to the playoffs due to injury. I mean, they were one of the most snake bitten teams and they still were able to uh, have a very good season. The Western Big Six, I think they were six and one, maybe. Um, their only, loss, six. Their only yep. loss was to Moline and there's no right. shame in that. I mean, they really were, they really were a patchwork team. And then, you know, you can only put, duct tape on so many places before the before the boat sinks and that's what happened to them in the playoffs I mean they just were out of players with injuries and I think that you know I think Schlemmer will have if he if they can have some modicum of health they could have a very, very good season do you think people fix boats with duct tape <laughs> well when you're in the Why, middle of the ocean you, you go with what you have right. what is and the what is the tape. proper amount of duct tape to save a ship i uh, not, not, uh, if you have too much, you're going to be at the bottoms. Okay. Well, there you go. At the bottom so, of Poseidon Sea. One other thing to mention for Sterling is we know how good their defense has been over the years. They lose their defensive coordinator this past off season. Mike LeMay goes to just down the street to his alma mater, Sterling Newman to be the head coach. Um, so congratulations to him. Expect big things out of him and Sterling Newman. But he was a big piece and a big cog of that defense, being the defensive coordinator for 
uh, what, 10 years or whatever it was, whatever it's been. Um, he also ran their off season weight training program as well. So that's another hole to fill, but it also gives another coach an opportunity to step in and show what he can do defensively to be that defensive coordinator. Also, if I'm not mistaken, was he not the placeholder for coach Schlemmer and the field goal he competition? Was. He just oh, lost his man. hold on. We need more. We need more duct tape to fix that too. Oh, geez. <laughs> Run on duct tape. Uh, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, well, we talked about Kale Ryan uh, and his impact potentially on the offense as a, as a dynamic athlete and a weapon. He'll also be a linebacker along with uh, Christian Beasley will be on the defensive line as an impact player. So a couple guys to mention there, but I think this Sterling team will have the depth. But ultimately, maybe you want to make sure you're not utilizing that depth as much. Does that make sense? Like, you might have that depth, but, man, sure. I don't think Sterling wants to test the waters. I think they'd rather roll with the guys that they like up front, you know, the number ones. They're big enough. They have enough numbers that if they can play people one way instead of playing two-way players, they'll probably try to do that, I'm, I'm guessing, with Coach Schlemmer. Uh, he likes to leave his offensive guys alone and give them that chance to have, have a breather uh, and not have to play both ways. It, it's like those small schools, uh, like in Allman, for, for instance. I mean, you lose one, you're losing two technically, and that, that's what killed them last year. So if they can avoid that type of injury and that type of uh, player playing both ways, that's something he's going to do. What's their schedule like? I know Stackpile probably has it memorized by. They uh, open at home against Lakes, who they beat 31-9 last year. And then they travel to Wheaton St. Francis. Last year they played Montini and lost 27-20. Yeah. No, they usually do a great job of uh, of testing themselves early on. And we mentioned with Moline, it's not with Sterling. It doesn't become if they're going to make the playoffs, it's going to it's it's for, especially for them how far they can get. And if they can get over that that hump of of how far and what were they state semifinals two a couple times in that run that back they had to, back to back years. Yeah. Yeah. So like three um, or four years ago, and that's high lofty expectations. But when you look at Sterling, you look at their schedule and you look what they can do. You know, that's a playoff team. That's a, it's a big six contender when it comes to who's going to win this thing. And we'll get to that. I know in a second, so I don't want to put Carter ahead of horse, but two different thought processes when it comes to the answering that question. So I can't wait to, to get to that, but I won't get carried away, Greg. All right. Well, I think it's time to get carried away. So we've run through Everybody in the Western Big Six. We've gone through all eight teams in the Big Six. Don't do the math. It doesn't make any sense anyway. So we'll start with we'll start with the Dark Horse team. Now, for a candidate for the Dark Horse team simply means they'll be better than last year. They're going to be improved. They're going to be improved record in theory by two or three games, we'd think. So we'll start with a Dark Horse. Who is going to win some games this year. Who's going to turn some things around? Who do you want to go first? Dazzo, you paid for lunch. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, the second best meal I've ever bought for Greg Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, I, Alman will be better just as a team and they'll win a game. I think they're going to win week one. Maybe as Stockpile said, shock the world and a couple other times. I think Stock has them going seven and two. Um, <laughs> he doesn't, but I do think there's a lot of teams that will be better. I think, uh, Geneseo will have a better record than they did last year. Um, but I, I, you guys alluded to it. Um, 
Coach Welch and what's going on at United Township. And they had a really good thing going during that spring year. And you kind of felt like it was already happening again at the beginning of last year. And youth kind of just got caught up with them and some health injuries with their or some injuries with their quarterback. Uh, I think that's a really good football team. And I think that's a team that that's a playoff team this year. And I think they can win a playoff game. So my under the radar team, while Geneseo and Alleman, I think are both going to be better. Um, I think UT now also, I do want to preference all of this by the other coaches will, will use this against us cuff. You do know that I'm okay with doing these kind of things, but that's we, fine. we, we will have this used against us in the court of law. So, well, that's I'm why you okay basically named half of the big six in your I answer. Said two. I just said two. <laughs> I just Three. said two. Okay. No, I said two others besides UT. Okay. So I just don't think those teams are going to be there. All right. So UT is my final answer. UT. Corey Cuffler. Lock it in. All right. So I'm going to go. Uh, I do agree that UT is going to be better. I think UT makes the playoffs this year, but that would only give them a five and four record or six and three record. So I'm going to say Geneseo is my dark horse team. I think they get back into the playoffs. I think they have a six and three season. They turn things around. Uh, so they would be my dark horse team just because they had those young guys that played last year that have got that year of experience. They're a little bit better. And I think uh, Larry Johnson will have them ready to uh, get back into the playoffs this year. All right, my, stock. My dark horse is United Township. I think I, they get to the playoffs and possibly win a playoff game for the first time in a long time. All right. How, how long do you have that? Do you have that note? Uh, just give me a second here. Okay. Okay. While he's looking, uh, while he's looking that up, I hate to say it, but I think, and I wouldn't make this my team because they're not in my viewing area. But I think Quincy's going to be much improved as well. Quincy is Quincy is my team. They're, okay. they're my dark to, horse team. I think. Your... Nope, I'm right with you. I, I think Quincy is a team, but it's. I love that it's so wide open that we're talking about United Township, Geneseo, Quincy, all teams that have a lot of talent coming back. All right, Stock, what do you got? 1987, uh, they beat Romeoville in the first round, 30 to 20. That is right? awesome. That is gold. That's why. That's why we love you, Stock. And I think the Western Big Six is wide open. You look, you got three teams that just rebuild and reload. That rebuild, reload. They don't rebuild. You got three. You got four other teams essentially that bring back a quarterback, and then you've got Allman, who could be a spoiler somewhere along the line to a team that's not paying attention. Western Big Six is going to be wide open. It's Alleman. Alleman. That's, that's why I said Alleman. No, not Alleman. Alleman. There, there is an E in there. This is Matt. every. There this is an E in there. <laughs> this is every. This this is every Friday night in the in the in the sports <laughs> office. But so I won't bore you guys with it. But okay. Now what's the next question? Question. Question. Greg. All right, Stock. I'm starting with you this time. Who wins the Western Big Six? No team will go undefeated. Moline, though six and one, will win the Western Big Six. And you did you outright. say did you say huh? earlier their one loss was to who? United Township. No team will go unbeaten in the Western Big Six. Moline will win the conference outright six and one. Yay. There you go. Daza or Cuff. All right. Well, I, I'm between two teams here. Um I, and I I want to ask this real quick. Stocking, you might you'll probably know the answer. Uh Mike Morrissey has only lost the conference once since he was a coach, correct? Mm. I believe so. I think the year Sterling jumped in, they – well, actually, no, twice. I think Sterling won it back-to-back -back years. Yeah, Sterling went back-to-back. -back. So yeah. he's lost it twice. So right. those are the two teams I'm going to say. Um, I'm actually going to pick – and I'm, I know Mike Morrissey will kill me for this one, but I'm going to go with Sterling. I think Sterling wins the conference this year. Week eight is at Browning Field for those two. All right. 
Yeah, Cup has the two teams. Um, and boy, I go back and forth because Moline, there's the whole to be the best, you gotta beat the best, and that they were the best last year, and they're returning plenty of talent to be the best again this year. So there's that. I also do like the storyline with Sterling. If they can stay healthy as a team, they may have won it last year. If they could have stayed healthy and they got a chip on your shoulder, their shoulders, and they're almost, I know Cuff picked them, but they almost feel like they're flying under the radar a little bit. And so that's a cool story, and I can see them winning it. So I'm going to go with just to keep things different, although Stock did do Moline. I'm going to do Moline simply because that week eight game at Browning Field is maybe a little home field advantage and all that kind of stuff. So I will go with Moline. Alleman finishes third. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, so hey, you can leave it. Predictions are what no, they are. That's you know? all right. No, that's all right. I'll just go with the first two. Okay. <laughs> um, so I looked through and I, I kind of agree with what Stocking said in the beginning. Oh, I don't think this is gonna be kidding. a year. I don't think this is gonna be a year where there's a clean sweep. I don't think you're gonna have somebody run the table. And I think it might even get kind of ugly with potentially two losses, still wins the conference. I'm going to say at the end of the day, I think Sterling wins it. And I, I think it'll be, I think it'll be really, it'll come down to week nine. I, I I think, I mean, it usually does, but I think week nine Sterling plays at home against United Township. I think that game potentially will have a lot on the line. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Sterling because they have, I like the talent they have coming back. And I, from what I've heard the they have, you know, the pieces in place if they can stay healthy what's the um what's week nine for moline um they are at geneseo and rocky is at quincy that weekend so that is a really interesting week nine slate yeah and quincy comes off a short week because week eight they are at erickson field on a saturday night interesting i those matchups are really interesting going into week nine. That I what think there's was, a lot. What's, Qu- could... what's Quincy week nine? Quincy is home to Rock Island. Yep. That's really, yeah. Cause, and we didn't mention Rock Island when it came to our under the radar teams. Nobody mentioned them when they came to win the conference, but I still think Rocky's going to be good too. They're well, that's that what I, I think. Yeah. They, they didn't get in either one of those discussions, but I think maybe it's because we all agree that they'll be in the mix somewhere very similar to where they were last year, potentially. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's not really a, you know, a dark how many playoff, how many playoff teams out of the eight? Ooh, that's I always think, a good question. Yeah, what did I we know. have last that's year? That's why I'm a good journalist. Five. I say five. Whoa. Okay. Now last year we had Sterling, Rocky, Moline. Moline. That was it, right? That was it. Three okay. Last year. So, so Cuff I, thinks I, I, that Geneseo think and UT add to the mix. Geneseo, UT add in. Potentially, depending on what Quincy does in their first two games, they can make it a six for this year. Okay, I, here's my next question. I'm going okay, six go ahead, also. Cuff. Go ahead. Stock's going six. Yeah. I think all eight make it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Moling gets the auto because they win the conference. Rocky, Sterling, UT, Quincy, and Galesburg. Or my six. That I'll would go. be, I mean, that would be remarkable for the the whole conference. That's great. I mean, that, that would be great for us. It gives us plenty to talk about. Yeah, and who says he's Mr. Pessimistic? Um, <laughs> I'll go five. I'm not going to tell you which five, but I'll go five. <laughs> I think five is a good number. Um, next question would be, how many playoff games does the conference win? Ooh, 
Man, last, really... last year was one, and that was out of the three that made it. Only yeah, one right. won a playoff game. Um, other years, teams have made good runs. Rockies made good runs in the past. Almonds won a lot of playoff games in the past. Geneseo has as well. I don't think Almonds in at 3A if that's where they would be this year. Um, does a Geneseo get in, in in 4A or 5A? Is Sterling there in 6A making noise? Usually they win. Usually they make a good run. I'll go four. That's and I'm going to say four as well. Okay. Because I think I'm that doing... could be some team making a good run and another team getting a, another two playoff teams potentially getting that win. Maybe five, but yeah. I'm going to say five. Okay. I think, I think Rocky, Sterling, Rocky, Sterling, UT win a playoff game. I think Moline gets the quarters. When Sterling doesn't do anything? Oh, you said Sterling. They win a Sterling, Sterling and Rocky and UT win one game. Moline wins two. And I think Quincy and Galesburg play good games, but they just don't, uh, you know, depending on the draw, obviously. But I think they I think they don't move on. Yeah. Um, which team has the most postseason success? Which team will have the most? Well, we know from I'm, you. We just heard yours. It's, oh. Sterling, it's uh, Moline. Right. Is that you two? I agree with Moline. I think Sterling. I'm not answering any of these. <laughs> I haven't got a chance to. Um, yeah, Moline and Sterling probably both. But it's funny because you think about that. You think sometimes the best team, if it is Moline in 7A, probably has a tougher road than if a Geneseo makes it in 5A, 4A. Would they be 5? Oh, yeah. Well, that was kind of Four. my my reason to pick Moline was because I think that Potentially, that five A draw that Sterling gets is is always tough. It's just it yeah. they get a tough draw. Five A is hard to win. I'm just saying the best team doesn't equate to the best postseason run because yeah, correct. classes are different. Like Alleman, I mean, I think some of the years that they did win the West, they I don't know if they won the Western Big Six when they made their semifinal runs. I don't think probably so. didn't. Moline hasn't made a quarterfinal since 1979. No, it's been it's been a while. No, absolutely. Yeah. And last year, like Cuff said, was probably a Matthew Bailey injury away from from making it, and they probably should have still won the game, even when he got hurt. So, um, but yeah, they have holes to fill and all that kind of stuff. Boy, can we just play some games? All right. Last question: Favorite uniform in the Western Big Six? Dazzo cannot say Alleman. Cuff cannot say Moline. Stock. I'll let you start. Yes, I'm gonna go. I'm traditional Geneseo. Okay. Yep. Yep. I'm. I'm because no, I torn. I'm. T- well, it, this is tough because Galesburg could could really blow things out of the water. Galesburg could really catch me off guard. So I'm excited to see what they what they bring to the table with this silver. Do you remember helmet. when Galesburg had the gold? Wasn't it a few years ago they had the all gold on a Saturday? It was, it was neon, like a neon wasn't it? Like color. Neon? Yeah. Yeah. Neon. yeah. Something. Yes, I do. Uh, good, there's potential there. Game. You shot it. It was a Rocky game. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I'm torn between, I love Quincy's white helmet with the blue Q, but I'll go with Moline. They were always, they've always been my favorite the last few years. I love the white helmet with the maroon M. And I don't have, a, I don't have an, you know, an alma mater, so I can pick whoever I want. So I'm picking Moline. Oh, you can't <laughs> you, pick Moline. You do have an alma mater. That's it's just <laughs> not the Western Big Six. He did graduate. It's high like school, I didn't guys. go to high school. Yeah. Yeah. I know that some of the coaches sometimes <laughs> probably think you're a big enough idiot that you didn't finish high school, but you actually yeah. did. Yeah, I'm gonna go with, uh, I'm gonna go with Galesburg. I like the the silver and black. I like the lightning bolt on the yeah. helmets. I like that. I want to yeah. see what they bring out this year. I don't know what it's gonna. I'm excited. 
You can yeah, tell. Um, I'll go with the cuffs, right? I'll go with uh, that's my. I like that color scheme. I like that kind of look. So I'll go Galesburg. But UT's been pretty good the last couple of years. They've upgraded they, yeah. some things. They've done a few things. I mean, their their stadium looks better. They're, I mean, yeah, they're just they're, the the vibe around that program has been been good the last well since Nick Welch took over. So, but I'll go Galesburg. Overall, in general. I think the Western big six always has a good look like every t- there's no team that I'm always like, Oh, like every team has, has a good look and feel to it. So anyway, that's, thank you. I, I we need a uniform talk to wrap this up. So, all Absolutely. right, Dazzo, give your plug about the uh, Western big six coaches banquet. And uh, should I do like a lot, like not live, but a, a podcast from the banquet, like record yeah, like what's going yes, on. Yes, you should. Um, I haven't figured out my jokes yet, but <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I'm working on them. Please I'm run them by out. me first well, to make yeah, sure I'm they're trying. like safe to say in there public. There was a few last year that I'm glad I didn't say. <laughs> Thank you for, for steering me yes. away. Because it is for fun, but like roasts can be mean and people can be canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I want to stay away from those areas. But yes, the Western Big Six Coaches Banquet, um, August 17th, 6 o'clock, the doors open up at the Botanical Center in Rock Island. Um, 6.30 is is dinner. Um, Bridges Catering, it's always really good. Program will start around 7, 7.15. There's door prizes to give away. Um, come on out and enjoy the night. I mean, it's a lot of fun. You will laugh. These coaches do a good job. They're getting better at, at getting a little surly with each other, <laughs> um, which is good. Um, the, the, the coaches' banquet for the boys' basketball is just awesome. But yeah. This is really good as well, too. So get out there, support local high school sports. I know this we're in a day and age where we can you know, and this we can listen to this podcast and, and get the information we need, or we can go to Twitter and social media or the score and all that kind of stuff. But it's these programs, these events that make our area so special. So take the time. You can't get tickets in advance. You got to get them at the door when you go to the Botanical Center. It's well worth it. And yeah, we have some fun. We'll make fun of each other. We'll make fun of, you know, Mike Morrissey wasn't there last year. So we got like two years worth of jokes to get Mike with. So um, it should be a ton of fun. It always is. Come out, enjoy it. Please, please sponsor or support it because it's a very, very good um, program that runs every year. And honestly, if it doesn't get the support from the community, um, nobody wants to just sit in a room and listen to me. So get on out there and enjoy it. Um, Greg, hopefully will be there. And then also um, it is on Mediacom 22. There you go. Um, they, they aired at a different date. So um, yeah. Can you get a Brian Stocking joke or reference in to the coach's banquet? Absolutely. Okay, Absolutely. good. We'll work in fact, on that. You, you and Corey can both submit jokes. I'll come up with one, and then we'll just do all three. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Stocking, what's are the you? Tab, what's the tab to go to the coach's banquet? How much? What's the tab? I don't <laughs> no. know, but whatever it is, just find it in your in your wallet and go. <laughs> Put it on the what, put what, it on I the WQAD it's... account. Just yeah, walk in and too... say, put it on Dazzo's tab. What's too much? No, I'm just asking for someone who might be ready I, to I go. Don't, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head, but if it's too much, let me know and I'll pay it for you. <laughs> stock. Not you, yes. Stock, but others. To quote to quote the old Monday Night Football, are you ready for some football? Absolutely. I love this type of season. I'm getting ready for it. I mean, this is the this is the best type of the seat. You know, we've got great athletes in, the, in both sides of the river, and both and a lot of great uh, games are are on tap. There's there's a river. <laughs> there's another side. Yes, there are both. There are two sides of the river, and that other podcast is the one that Brian's going to start called View from the East. So we'll get that one, get that one up and rolling over in hey, Iowa. 
as 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 people that cover both sides of the river, we are excited with the Iowa side, but we're not going to dwell on that on, on Greg's <laughs> podcast. Well, don't say dwell. It makes it sound so bad. Stocking. <laughs> how many how many notebooks, note cards, book bags, briefcases are you bringing along to start the score? Right here is my list of note cards. That's got to be 200 note cards. And I count. <laughs> how many notebooks with all the historical stats? I uh, got yeah, a couple, three notebooks, three or four notebooks. Okay. The, the sweater that you wear week one will I don't wear a sweater week one. The shirt, <laughs> the clothes that you wear week one will originate from what year? Over under 1991. Um, well, uh, it's gonna be what I got for my birthday, which oh. was June 1st. So, you know, usually, which the first was June 1st, weeks, everybody I break out uh, my birthday year. If you didn't notice that, guys, June 1st is Stockpile's birthday, so put it on your calendars. You, Dazzo, you just gave me the best idea of all time. Are Stocking, are you ready for the Stockpile UniView every Friday night? <laughs> I'm taking a picture of what Stocking's wearing in the in the booth controlling the show. People might get sick seeing that. Oh, yeah, this I mean, is the best idea we've come up with. Brilliant. Time. Fantastic. Brilliant. Fantastic. What was there one year when, when Celia was still here? She's like, Stockpile, that looks like it's something you got from the like 90s. And you're like, I got it in 1989. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, older than she was. Yes. It's not a. All right. Was, stockings ready. Time. We're all ready. You can tune in. You can watch the score on WQAD every Friday night. Starting at, is it 10.30 or 10.35? 10 10.35. 10.35. Who said 10.30? Shut up, Stockpile. I didn't say a word. Oh, I thought you said 10.30. I'm sorry. 10.35. Yeah. That's Brecca. It's oh, okay. a full half hour of all the best highlights, the coaches' interviews at the end of games, the mic'd up segments before games. It's it's all the best of our local area covering high school football I'll be there, guys. If you, you know, if you welcome me in, I'll, I'll keep shooting. Oh yeah, and and there Absolutely. will be a week. There will be a week where we're gonna need you to to pinch it and be a, a host with us, which you did a couple times last year. I think a couple times. Can I? I'll do my best Corey Cuffler impression. Is that? Uh... Yeah, yeah, that's right. Big shoes to fill. Big <laughs> shoes. Big, as they say, big earmuffs to fill. Big ears to fill. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I have big ears, but I mean, right. mine aren't like too small yeah well that's that's for the ear podcast i guess we'll save that that's a weird <laughs> podcast though i don't know about that one but no that's, that's a bad idea all right the ear <laughs> well thank you to everybody for listening go back check out all of our season previews me and mitch will be back next week we'll be talking week one we'll be talking matchups for the high school football season of course tune in to the score on friday nights listen to the instant reacts podcasts that come out Pretty late Friday nights. It's usually after I get home and edit. It, it gets to be an all-night event, but uh, they'll be there waiting for you on Saturday morning. Me and Mitch will be in every week to give the recaps and the looks ahead. Podcast coming out on Tuesdays. We put our previews out on Mondays through the offseason. We'll be doing Tuesday mornings will be our new episodes. So thank you to everyone for listening. Thank you to the SCORE squad. We will see everybody. We'll talk to everybody. And... Uh, High school football is just around the corner, so uh, we'll see you soon. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along, and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. 
You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, viewfromwestpod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.